The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show that's going to have a very large show. (laughs) I'm looking at the rundown. It's a large show. It's a lot. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to, the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 44th birthday today. Happy birthday to Michael Buble. <laughs> you mean you? Average white guy? <laughs> Michael Buble is And now we put the camera on Michael Buble <laughs> Michael Buble is definitely on that list of people that, that have, like, you, know who you, look like, you know who you look like You look like the guy from Mindhunter Or you look like the guy that's LSU's basketball coach Or you look like Michael Buble Guys I am not every generic white guy <laughs> But aren't I <laughs> First four through the door Christopher Menicia, Mizio Romero Ed McElroy, Rob Hathaway What's up, all? Sing to my right. Whoops. Oh, See? my oh God. God. I did a thing. It's happening. See? And sitting to my right, the army to my Michigan, our West African princes, Ishmael Johnson. We were so close. Oh, my God. We were so close. Uh, <laughs> Ishmael and I were like the only ones in the Slack chat at this point, too. But yeah. we were just freaking out. It was so close. Oh, that army almost. They should have. They should, like. They had him beat. They gave that game away. They had him beat. Like, you uh, can make an argument that, like. They caught a couple of breaks, yeah. and they and against Oklahoma, they were not the better team. But yeah. like they, they strategically had the game plan, and just it worked out perfectly for them. God, this they were the better team they on were Saturday. The better team, the troops. Oh, Michigan God, just doesn't the respect the troops. No, Michigan doesn't respect the troops. Yeah. I think we know this now. <laughs> Big Blue does not respect the troops. Yeah, it's true. They're gonna they're gonna run the table though. They're oh they're so I think they're good. super good. Think, they're so good. I think I think Rice might be like what does that say about Rice? I want to go to that game this weekend oh at UTSA, but you can't. Tex- I'm gonna be Texas yeah, State. Yeah, Texas State, right? State. I'm going to Texas State. So. Today is Monday, September 9th, two thousand and nineteen. Eighty days till Thanksgiving. Episode eight twelve. Eight twelve. The number of at bats for Kevin Elster in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, guys, it is a mega show. It's our mm. first mega show of the year. Monday morning fallout. The exclusive rankings reveal. Of the Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings as distributed by the Associated Press, the high school football rankings of record in the state of Texas. We will reveal them live here exclusively on the show coming up here. Then, 1230, we're going to hear from Lubbock Cooper head coach Chip Darden. They got a big win over Lubbock Coronado this week. Uh, I will tell you that they are in the rankings. So we will talk with him. Uh, the new head coach of, at Cooper is off to a 2 0 star. We'll announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees, the uh, Coach of the Week. Coaches of the Week, sponsored by Visit Fort Worth. And then, back after the show, we will finish it off with the Campus Crawl, where we will go across the Lone Star State talking about college football. But first, I teased it on Twitter. Uh, we have a, uh, a minor program announcement. And with that... You tweeted? I tweeted that. I was like, if you're a loyalty... All I said was, if you're a loyalty of tier, we have an announcement yeah. off the top. Okay. And with that, yeah. we go to Max Thompson for an announcement. 
yeah, I believe the announcement is. Uh, let me let me see here. Uh, Bill Bullock wants to know. Please excuse my inexperience, but are the first four through the door actually at the studio or just signing in online? Are regular people, quote unquote, That's even funny. allowed in the studio? Um. Yeah, I'm, they're not not allowed in the studio. <laughs> they're not disallowed. I will say, anyone who's been here to watch the show in person, it's not as good as watching it online. You're like, you can hear half of what's going oh, on. You right. can hear phone interviews. Everyone who always comes, in, people who come in the office are always yeah. like, "This is it, huh?" <laughs> yeah. Really, you guys just sit around talking to microphones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This That's is exactly it. what it is. This is the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. No, the actual announcement is: this is my last show in this chair, and my last week at Dave Campbell's. Gasp. Uh, I am leaving Dave Campbell's. Uh, it has been a heck of a ride. Greg and I started this show four years ago, and I cannot believe it's still going. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Greg can either. Uh, I, that's why every time I <laughs> announce the show number, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> we're still doing this. It is in a hostage den. 812 episodes, and uh, I fully expect it to get to, like, 5,000, and then the sun will explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking over in my stead will be Ashley Pickle. She's over Woo! here. Can you? Up, up, up. Hey! Uh, and she's going to run the board the rest of the week while I sit here and make sure that nothing implodes. But I've already started the intro twice today, so how bad could it be? Right. Yeah. right? At this point, the bar is extremely low, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty low. Uh, but the thing that I think is most important is thank you to everyone who watches this show because I think when Greg and I started this, is it four years yet? It'll be four years in October. Mid-October. When we started this in mid-October 2015 with Ricklin Holmes as our first guest Mm -hmm. in the back of the hostage den at the old uh, Dave Campbell's offices, we could only have dreamed that there would be this many people checking on the show every day and talking to us and uh, making it this much fun to talk about football. So thank you to all of you because if you guys weren't here being a part of this, this show would not be this much fun. It makes it a lot easier for us to be idiots and try to entertain you in some way. Uh, And I don't think that's going to stop. So I will miss all of you. I am so thankful to everyone in this room and to everyone online for being a part of this show. The show will go on, but I have to go. Your planet needs you. Your planet needs you. <laughs> you're the, you're please, the Poochie. Please you're refer the Poochie. to me as Poochie from now on. Max had to leave. His home planet, planet needed him. <laughs> he died on the way, back, on to the way back to his own planet. Uh, yeah. So there yeah. you go. There you go. Uh, starting yeah. tomorrow, uh, it'll yeah. be the highly, highly capable um, Ashley Pickle sitting yep. in the jump seat. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, uh, the, the show yeah. will be different, but it will not. In so many ways, it won't be. <laughs> right. Uh, we will miss Max, yeah. but it is, uh, you know, we're going to be fine. Yeah. We're going to be fine. Although what's very, I was thinking about this, what's very troubling is we're about to find out-ish mm-hmm. exactly how many people watch this show exclusively because of Max. Oh, man. Yeah, because if the numbers tank, <laughs> the numbers tank, we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna like back up a Brinks truck to his house and if, be like, please come back. If for some reason you watch this show exclusively for me, you are really committed because I only pop up once in a while, right? <laughs> but relative to everything else going on, yes. and number two, that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Um, anyway, there's your announcement. Uh, we will miss Max. It's uh, it's been a fun run. Uh, but his planet needs him. To Greg's unending credit, he was like, are you sure you don't want to just Irish exit this thing? We just, oh, just okay. appear on Friday. So, you, showing up. so you yeah. told us last <laughs> yeah. week yeah. Yeah. Um, that you were going to bolt. And um, and I was thinking, I was like, man, it would be extremely max to just be like, on the last show, be like, like we're finishing up Mailbag. Yeah. And then be like, Max, you got anything? He's like, hey, by the way, this is my last show. Bye. <laughs> 
Vince Young, please give me yeah. <laughs> We figured it would be easier to uh, – I felt it would be easier to give Ashley some time to transition. Mm. If suddenly yeah. I wasn't in this chair, people wouldn't be like, where the hell did he go? Right. That would be kind of mean. So that's where I'm going. Uh, we've already, of course, got people asking. I uh, am joining the XFL team here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. be the content person for the, the Renegades. Mm-hmm. We're very please, happy for you, Please, buddy. Please come buy season tickets. Please be a member of the uh, Renegades Army. I will be your favorite person ever, uh, and you will be mine if uh, you do that. So Yes, we're yeah. very yeah. happy for Max. Thank you. Though he is abandoning us. Yeah, I'm kind of the worst. <laughs> he is, he's, he's leaving us high and dry. Um, you know, <laughs> it's just like I never really liked that guy. He was always yeah. okay. That's the proper reaction. Anyway, yeah. uh, so there you go. There's that. We'll yep. all cry at the end of the week. Yeah, probably. Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Max uh, Adam said he's bringing it home to celebrate, so <sighs> I won't be that upset. Yeah. Uh, we should quit every week. You should leave every week. Poochie <laughs> <laughs> should go back to his home planet every week. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. Max, yeah. once more with feeling, hit that air raid timer. Time for Monday morning fallout. Monday morning fallout, of course, where we overreact to the football weekend and quite a lot to overreact to here on Texas football today. Let's get into it. My three big thoughts. Thought number one, uh, small school chaos, small school shakeup. And Can you read? And it was, I, I wrote the script. Uh, it was a equal, it was not an equal opportunity week of chaos in the state of Texas. Most of, I think, the surprising results from high school football came from the small school ranks. Uh, specifically, uh, Pottsboro beating Gunner was a straight-up stunner. Straight-up stunner. That was a game that wasn't even on our radar. Mm. We were just like, yeah, okay, Gunner will just roll over him. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a surprise. It ended their 35-game uh, uh, regular season winning streak. Uh, I think Yoakum over Cuero is a surprise. That's a 3A over a 4A. It was a defending state champ in, in Cuero. Uh, that was a surprise, although, look, Bo Robinson's just got him cooking. Um, I think Holland over Mart was a surprise. It was a game on our radar. We kind of said, ah, you know what? Holland's got a chance here. But that game was really tight heading into the fourth quarter, and then um, and you were at that game, right? Or no, you... Um, no, I was at... Um, um, Rockwell Rallet. Rockwell Rallet. Yeah. We got a fun one there. Yeah. Um, but that was, to, like, to me, there was some small school chaos there. A lot of chalk in the big schools. Pretty chalky in the big schools, but overall, uh, my attention was paid to the small schools because I think that's where you saw a lot of the turnover, a lot of the craziness there. Uh, Thought number two, the gap. Let's talk about college football for a minute, and let's talk about, I mean, we'll get to SMU North Texas. We'll get to Baylor and UTSA. We'll get to games like that. But let's talk about the two premier games in the state this week, Texas State-Wyoming and uh, UTEP and Texas Tech. No. Uh, we're talking A&M and uh, Clemson and then Texas and LSU. I, my stance on college football is that there's only actually about six really, really, really good teams every year. I just think like, there's, there is this tier, yep. this upper crust of teams that are legit, legit title contenders, and then there's everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think you saw two of them play on Saturday. Uh, Clemson, I think, is obviously, I think that's obviously a, a contender. And then you had um, LSU, who looked every bit the part of a contender. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that Texas and AM didn't. But I think that we got an actual, meaningful measure of how far they are from that upper crust. Now, who's closer? I don't know. 
I watched pretty much all of that Clemson A&M game, and A&M played a nice first quarter, mm-hmm. and then Clemson Clemsoned, <laughs> which is weird because that, that word's changed over the years. Right, yeah, the Clemsoning is Yeah, the Clemsoning is different. <laughs> but that is, I thought A&M, I, th- I thought A&M was overmatched. Mm-hmm. They looked overmatched yeah. for the large majority of that game, and that is not because they're not a good football team. Right. That is because Clemson's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> he, Trevor he Lawrence awesome. is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the defense was great. Mm-hmm. I don't think AM played particularly well. I thought, well, let me rephrase. I don't think their quarterback played particularly well. I right. thought Kellamond really struggled. I was about struggled. to say, Kellamond, based off what he, the throws he was making in that first mm-hmm. game against Texas State, like it wasn't just playing a no. team that wasn't as talented. Like He was making perfect pinpoint yeah. passes, and he was missing flats against Clemson. But this past a- week. A&M has sights set on being a national power, on being a national title contender. Sure. I think we saw that, they're, that while they are closer, mm-hmm. There's still a ways to go. Yep. The same goes with Texas. The whole is Texas back. Is Texas back? I don't know if Texas is back. That's what I, I just maintain. I thought they played a pretty good game overall, but the defense did not play well. The secondary did not live up to, to the DBU shirts they wore. They didn't, they didn't look good. <laughs> neither team did. Uh, neither team did. Uh, the offense looked pretty good. Uh, the, the, I mean, Sam Ellinger looked, played really well. Uh, the receivers looked great. Um, but in the end, there is this gap. There is this. There are these teams at the very, very upper crust of college football, and then there's a gap. Um, we can certainly debate how big that gap is, but I think it's clear that the teams in Texas are on the other side of that gap. Plain and simple. Thought number three: trend lines. I've got two data points now for both college and high school teams, and my thought is: look at both of them, weight them equally, judge for you know opponent, right? But you can start to see at least where the wind is blowing. Not for every team. There are some teams that remain total mysteries or teams that we just don't have enough data on. But I do think that with two data points, you can at least see where things are going and where things are trending. It may not hold, but I think that there are certain teams that you can look at and say, okay, that team is trending in the right direction. Katie is a perfect example. Katie goes, and in week one, they beat the number one team in the state in, in Galena Park, North Shore. And in week two, they beat, according to our computer rankings, the number one team in the state <laughs> in Oklahoma, <laughs> and they smoke them. The arrow is clearly pointing up for them. Other programs, maybe not so much. But uh, I think with two data points, you can start to draw trend lines. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker for Rockwell Heath quarterback Josh Hoover. They played a crazy game against Wiley. Yeah. Uh, overtime game. Heath threw for 455 yards and five touchdowns. A helmet sticker for Josh uh, Josh Hoover of Rockwell Heath. A helmet sticker. I didn't think I'd be saying this. For SMU quarterback Shane Bouchelle. Mm-hmm. He lit it up against North Texas. Really impressive. Um, the change of scenery looks like it has it has really made him, you know, it done him a lot of good. It's a hand-in-glove fit, looks yes. like. Yes. Um, What's funny, I'll tattle on him. I was in at the Fox studio. Mm-hmm. The Rangers was going on, and St- Steve Bouchelle, his dad, was on was on Rangers pre and post. And so I just asked him before the game, or before like that night, I was like, hey, how you feeling about tomorrow? He goes, hell, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Steve. <laughs> your son did pretty well. Shane Bouchelle gets a helmet sticker. And a helmet sticker for Carn City running back and linebacker Darnell Spruill. Is that right? I think that it sounds is. Right. I saw that when I came yeah. down. I was like, I think it's Spruel. <laughs> 108 yards and a touchdown rushing. 10 tackles, two tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. Yeah. That is a playmaking dude for Carnage City. Darnell Spruel gets a uh, helmet sticker in Monday morning. Follow up. Three teams to watch. 
I'm not just saying. I'm not just oh. saying this oh. because of John Velo. Because of John Velo. Yeah. But watch out for Comfort. Yeah. Comfort's two and zero, and they're looking really good. Uh, that win on uh, on Friday uh, impressed me. Caught my eye. Uh, I, I think that uh, the ab- their ability to uh, to you know they held Austin Hyde Park, who's a decent pri- uh, uh, private school team, to six mm-hmm. points. They've allowed six points all year. The offense got going. Watch out for Comfort. Big test this week against Lago Vista, but so far so good uh, for uh, for the Bobcats of Comfort. By the way, do you know what their girls' teams are? This is one of those weird things, isn't it? The deer. The deer, that's right. Yeah. Bob, Bobcats and deer. Why do we have to separate those? No one knows. Tarleton State. The Texans Man, go they're, they're two good. Nacogdoches yeah. and beat a division uh, or, and beat uh, an FCS team in uh, in in – uh, Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, I know Stephen F. Austin's got a new coach in A&M Comer, or in, in, in Colby Carthel, but that was really impressive. Yeah, if you're playing, I mean that guys, that is fundamentally like an FCS over an FBS. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like yeah. that's how we should treat it. It's a different level, and to go on the road and get that win is very impressive for Tarleton State. Uh, they are on that short list of teams that you can you can dream on to uh, uh, to win a national championship. By the way, Tarleton State looked really really good, and um, the Colony. Yeah, what did you guys see this? What got into the colony? So, <laughs> so um, actually, Ashley was there. Our friend Ashley Pickle <laughs> was there, uh, and I was. We sent her to that game, the colony in Frisco, Reedy, and I was like, okay, good test for Reedy, but you know they'll win this game. Mm-hmm. And the colony came out and smoked them. Mikey yeah. Harrington, their quarterback, looked great. Miles Price is a playmaking dude, and that new offense. Uh, that Rudy Rangel has put in, where it's a l- more high tempo, more wide open. Boy, it did work. That was really impressive. Uh, the Colony, certainly a team to watch. Three teams to worry about. Cujo, John, mm. Tyler. Owen <laughs> 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 um, 2, a loss to Tyler Lee in the Rose City rivalry. Again, it's it, they've. Who they lose to in week one? Mesquite Horn. Horn. Mesquite Horn. Mesquite Horn. So they've lost it to six eighteen. So it's not it, time to hit the panic button. Uh, well, but I mean, the, they're, they're about to be old. <laughs> 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 they, they got the defending state. They get Longview yeah. this oh, week, yeah. and yeah. Longview is the best team they've played. Yeah. yeah. Um. They're they're almost certainly going to be zero three. I'd love to be proven wrong, yeah. but that is ooh, John Tyler. There's there's some some issues there. By the way, they have another six eighteen come up after that in Euless Trinity. Oh my so. god. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, North Texas. Ooh. That um, you know what's funny? I was sitting here on free money, and I was like, "Man, why is SMU a favorite?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was one of two games I missed, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But that is that was not a very impressive showing, at least from the defensive perspective. And that is very concerning for a team that does have conference USA title hopes. Um, worry about uh, North Texas, uh, and then Ira Ann. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but I did not. it was a uh, it was an ugly ugly night. Uh, for the Braves. Oh my God! Yeah, I just, <laughs> uh, they lose sixty-five to nothing to Ozona. They are through two games being outscored one hundred and forty-five to six. <sighs> Remember, this was a team that was they, they played for a title. They played two for a title ago. two years yeah. ago. Now we've heard the no, numbers are down. Three years ago. Yeah, three, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Sixteen. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, yikes. Watch out. Anyway, those are three teams to worry about, and that is Monday morning fallout. 
We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Time for a new thing. A new yeah. exciting thing. Yeah. So, as you may have heard, um, Dave Campbell's Texas Football is now the official rankings provider of the Associated Press. Uh, we are the Texas high school football rankings of record across the state. Uh, and as a result, we want to make a big deal out of it. Plain and simple. So, I don't know uh, if that logic holds up. We are going to, uh, every, every Monday here on this show, between about 12.15, 12.20, we are going to announce and reveal the those week's Texas high school football rankings. This is your rankings reveal show. Uh, we're very excited about this. We think you guys are going to really like it. We hope. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, but we're very excited about this. We're very proud to partner with the, uh, with the Associated Press and be their rankings provider and provide the high school football rankings of record in the state of Texas, something that means a lot to us. Uh, and we're very, we're very pleased to do it. Without any further ado, of course, by the way, I should mention that unlike what the Associated Press poll used to be, this is not a poll. This is a, uh, a rankings by our staff. We get together, usually in our Slack chat, and we, are, we talk through the rankings. And we say, okay, who should be number one? Who should move up? How far should we drop this team? Things like that. So this is not a poll. It's not like uh, Ish submits a poll and Step submits a poll and I submit a poll. Instead, we come together and we, we just, just we talk it out. Um, there, that is a key distinction. So it is just it is our opinion. But we do uh, lean on uh, people whose opinions we trust around the state uh, to get their input as well. So it's not just us living in a bubble. Right. As a result, it is now time to unveil the Week 3 Texas High School Football Rankings uh, presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We'll start with Class 6A. Here's a look at 11 uh, at the top 25. Here you go. Not a ton of movement. There's a new 25 in the ranks in Klein Collins. You can see this, of course, is up at TexasFootball.com. Umbla Tascacita is the big drop t- this week. Uh, they lose to Katie, um, 56-14, and as a result, they drop from 8-16. to 16. Uh, Another big mover, Arlington Martin jumps from 18-13. to 13. They get into the top 15. Your top 10 is largely unchanged. In fact, entirely unchanged. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, they moved up because uh, the, the uh, 10 and 9 moved up uh, in 10, Converse Judson, 9, Beaumont Westbrook. They move up a spot, but 7 through 1 are all the same. Number 7, Denton Geyer, good win over Cedar Hill, wild win. Uh, number 6, Austin Westlake looked very good in their win over Cy Ranch. Number 5, Galena Park North Shore uh, bounced back with their win over Fort and Richpoint, although it was touch and go there for a second. Four, uh, Longview, put it on, rival Marshall, 53 nothing. Number three, Allen, uh, sur- uh, survived a big test at home against Dickinson, looked good doing it. They remain number three. Number two, Katie, uh, who may have the best resume in the state right now with wins over North Shore and Tuscasita. And number one, Duncanville, remains the same. They look very good over South Oak Cliff. Anybody got anything to say about these? This is, it's, it's, it was, I would say, relatively chalky. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a ton of, of big-time upsets. Uh, Cedar Hill's down a spot after a close loss, but they are, I believe, the only 0-2 team remaining in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, but their losses are very close to Cedar Hill. I'm sorry, very close to Denton Geyer, and then pretty close-ish to, uh, to Allen. Right. That's a pretty good 0-2. Um, team to keep an eye on? Midland Lee? Maitland Lee, mm-hmm. Larkin. I get a DM from Clint Hartman all the time. So the Reds are back, baby. <laughs> to 5A Division One we go. And the top 10? I just put both of them up. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. well, to 5A we Save go. Save you time. Um, 
a little bit of a shakeup in five A Division One, and there was there was some we had to do some movement here uh, because one of the the stunner I would say was Fort Bend uh, Richmond Foster losing to Fort Bend yeah. Travis. I kind of caught us all by surprise. Yep. Um, they lose. They drop from eight to or three to eight. As a result, everybody kind of moves up a little bit. Lancaster is welcomed back to the top ten. They looked really good in their win over West Mesquite. And remember, their only loss of the year is to Duncanville. Yeah, Duncanville. San Antonio Wagner loses to Converse Judson, but that's a six A team. We drop them from six to ten. Um, Hutto makes a jump from seven to or nine to seven. Awful impressive there. Lufkin also makes a leap just because a lot of teams lost in front of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they move from eight to five. Uh, remember, their one loss on the year is to Longview in a close one. Five A Division two is pretty chalky at least in the first six. Alito, Fortpin, Marshall, Cal Allen, Huntsville, Manville, and Anum consolidated all hold serve. Uh, a new number seven moving up is Lubbock Cooper. We'll talk with their coach here in just a moment, Chip Jarden. They move up from number nine to number seven. And three newcomers at the bottom. Carnage at the bottom. Number eight, Port Lavaca Calhoun. 2-0, big win over Stafford. Number nine, Burleson Centennial. Big win over Denison last week. They are pointsy. They can score. And number 10, Bernie Champions. Welcome to the top 10. They are the number 10 team in 5A Division Two. To 4A we go, and there is a new number one top 4A Division One. The Argyle Eagles switch spots with Waco La Vega after topping them in Bellmead, 49-35. to They swap spots. Waco La Vega tumbles to third. Team to keep an eye on, Sealy. Sealy jumps from six to four with a big win over Navasota, 29 to nothing. Their defense has been absolutely exceptional. Liberty Hill drops a couple of spots after their loss to Hutto. Uh, La- uh, Lampasas. Uh, by virtue of a couple teams losing, they are up from uh, they're up to number seven from number nine, and Decatur's up two spots from uh, number ten uh, with a win over Alvarado. Two newcomers to the four A Division two poll or four A Division one poll. Columbia checks in at number nine after moving to two and zero with a win over Wharton, and Dumas is in the top ten. The Demons are two and zero after a win over Amarillo Caprock. Four A Division two. Uh, top three remains untouched. Pleasant Grove, Jasper, and West Orange Stark all look very good in victories. Pleasant Grove, that win over Henderson was impressive. Uh, then, Wico Connolly's up a spot uh, after uh, number four. Who was number four in? Oh, Silsby, I believe. Were they? Or are they number seven? I, I don't have last year's last week's <laughs> rankings. That doesn't help. Uh, I I should start putting who number four down. was. Uh Quero. Quero. Yeah. Their loss to Yoakum drops them out of the top 10. Uh, but uh, Gilmer is up to number 5. Lubbock Estacado up to number 6 from number 8. Graham up to number 7 from number 9. Sunnyvale up two spots to number 8. And then two newcomers. Midland Greenwood checks in at number 9 with a win over Hereford. And Robinson is 2-0 checking in at number 10 in 4A Division 2. To 3A Division One we go, and it is, it is uh, again, very chalky at the top. Grandview and Malakoff are 1-2. Cameron Yo was off after this week. Atlanta, nice win over Gladewater. That moves them up a spot from 5-4. to four. Wall is also up a spot, as is Yoakum. Great win over Quero. They're up to number 6. Gladewater tumbles to 7 with a close loss to Atlanta. 9 and 10, uh, or rather 8 and 9, are, are up a spot in East Chambers and Jefferson. Keep an eye on Jefferson. That speed is really impressive. New to the 3A Division One rankings, the Bushland Falcons are 2-0. Uh, a win over Dalhart, 61-6. That will catch our attention. They are number 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. To 3A Division 2, where it is uh, the same song, different verse at the top, Newton and Canadian 1 and 2, both very dominant wins over good squads, uh, including Newton putting uh, doubling up Silsby, more than doubling up, being in by 31. That is exceptional. Uh, finally, uh, we, we had to deal with what to do with Gunner. Gunner loses at home to Pottsboro. That is a 4A team. 
But I will tell you that that was a little bit concerning. We dropped them from 3 to 5. Abernathy makes a big move. They jump from 8 to 4. Big win over Sundown. That was awful impressive. To hold down that Sundown attack was very impressive. They make a big jump. Dangerfield is up, uh, stays at number 6. Uh, Holiday stays the same at number 7. Rogers makes a jump from number 10 uh, to uh, to number 8 with a win over Bruceville Eddie. Clifton's lost to Crawford. We decided to be a little bit generous with them and keep them in the top 10. They're at number, uh, at number uh, 9. And Cisco, uh, I think that a close loss to a team that's bigger than you and Wall, they deserve to only drop a spot. They, lo- they drop from 9 to number 10, but no newcomers in 3A Division 2. To 2A Division One, we go where it is entirely, entirely, entirely chalk. Everyone won except for San Augustine, who was off. Everyone stayed the same. Refurio, Shiner, San Saba, Mason, San Augustine, Panhandle, New Deal, Garrison, who got a big win, big game from Sebastian Porter in their season opener and a win over the Crockett, Tenaha, and Hawley. One through ten remains unchanged in the 2A Division One rankings. 2A Division Two can't say that. <laughs> One and two are gone, and there's a new king of 2A Division Two, at least atop our rankings on September 9th. <laughs> the Hamlin Pied Pipers are the number one team in 2A Division Two after a resounding win on a neutral site over Wheeler, 44-15. Grapeland up to number two from number five uh, as they beat Cayuga. Albany edges Dublin for win number 301 in Denny Faith's career. They're up from number six. Wellington is the new number four after beating a team from Oklahoma. And then you have the former number one and number two. Mart is down to number five after their loss to Holland, 20-3. And Fall City down from down to number six from number two after their loss to rival Poth, Poth in the Polish Bowl. Uh, Burton and Groover each up a spot at seven and eight, respectively. Munster also up a spot in their win in the Kraut Bowl over Lindsay. Close close win. They're up a spot. And the newcomer in 2A Division Two, the Bremont Tigers. They edge Thorndale 20-18. Remember them? They're back. Number 10 in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Our six-man rankings. 1A Division One, largely done by Lehman Saunders, our six-man insider. Milford leapfrogs White Deer for the number one spot. Uh, elsewhere, uh, we have two newcomers at the bottom, Ira and Paducah. Uh, Paducah uh, moves up despite a very close loss to White Deer. They move up to number 10. They were very much lurking. Uh, that impressed us to play them that close. Everything in the middle, more or less un- unchanged. McLean, three. Sterling City, four. Garden City, five. Lakey, six. Borden County up a spot to number seven. And Balmeray up a spot to number eight. In 1A Division Two, uh, Jayton remains atop at number one with a win over Aspermont. Strawn uh, leapfrogs Idle Richland Spring for the number two spot with a big win over Gorman. Uh, Oakwood and Motley County remain static at four and five. Grand Falls Royalty up a spot to number six. Uh, Blanket moves from number nine, number nine to number seven. Nice one for the Tigers. They beat Lomita 47 and nothing. Highland is, uh, or rather Blackwell, stays uh, the same at number eight. Calvert up a spot despite being idle at number 10. Uh, Iredell tumbles from number six to number 10 with a loss to Avalon. And finally, our private school rankings, top fives for each of these. You can find these at texasfootball.com slash rankings. Uh, a new number one at, uh, in our private school rankings, Bishop Dunn out of Dallas area is the number one team in our private 11-man rankings. Parish Episcopal with their big overtime televised win over Cedar Hill Trinity, the former number one. They are up to number two. 
Bishop uh, Bishop Lynch is number three after a win over Ennis. Cedar Hill Trinity tumbles to number four from number one. Just very tight race here at the top. And the newcomer Fort Worth Nolan up to uh, number up to number five with a win over Waxhatchee Life. They scored seventy four on Waxhatchee Life. Finally, our six man uh, our six man private school rankings entirely untouched. Baytown Christian, Gainesville Lone Star North was idle. Uh, Houston Emory Weiner uh, is uh, stays at number three. Dallas Lake Hill Prep was idle as well as Bulverde Bracken who beat L Round Rock. Concordia. You can find all these rankings at texasfootball.com slash rankings. I am publishing the article right now, so you can see that. Yes. And yes, so those are your week three Texas high school football rankings uh, from Dave Campbell's Texas football. Of course, the Texas high school football rankings of record in the state of Texas. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. That's our subscription package. You get two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com, uh, including computer rankings of every Texas high school football team, computer projections of every Texas high school football game, a season's worth of Tep and Step, our premium high school football podcast. We're recording the new one tonight, your week three preview. Uh, all sorts of good stuff. Uh, recruiting analysis from our friends at Next Level Athlete. You don't want to miss it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. It makes a great gift as well. texasfootball.com slash insider to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Let's go to the hotline and bring in the head coach of the 2-0 Lubbock Cooper Pirates coming off of a resounding win over Lubbock, rival Lubbock Coronado. We are joined by Coach Chip Darden. Coach, how are you? Hi, doing well, Greg. How are you? Excellent. How are things in the 806? Man, they're they're going pretty good. I, I think, uh, in general, it's just nice that it's football season. I think everybody, uh, well, you could feel the buzz here the last few weeks getting ready for football season, so it's nice. Hopefully that weather will cool off a little bit and really feel like fall, but uh, things are good. Yeah, it, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your squad a win, thirty-five uh, twenty-one over Lubbock Coronado. I know that that is always a very um, how do I want to put it uh, emotional game for you guys. Yep, you guys are always this is one you everyone in in town has circled. Uh, what was it about Friday night that went so well for you guys? Yeah, uh, emotional is a good way to put it. I mean, our kids know a lot of their kids shoot their buddies with a lot of them. And you know, it's just one of those pretty healthy rivalries all the way through in every sport. So, um, a part of kind of when we approach those games is just is making sure that it's not we don't make it too big. Um, and I think our kids approach it in the right way of going. We want to play in bigger games down the road, so use this as a learning tool on you know a full house and and playing with some nerves and playing with some emotion. And I think they handled it well. Um, but the biggest thing on on what went right is. Winning the turnover battle is going to be something that we look at, at doing every week, and we think that that's one of the biggest stats in football of that relates to wins and losses. And you know, we won that turnover battle, and uh, that had one had a pick six in there too. So when the defense can score, also, I just uh, we think we got a chance of being pretty successful. Guys have been pretty good at all spring. That was a point of emphasis was turnovers, turnovers, and I think they've done a, a good job the first two weeks of that. 
You uh, you mentioned Rylan Cox's um, or Wilcox rather his uh, his mm-hmm. pick six that that came midway through the fourth quarter. Um, you know, put you guys up twenty eight fourteen. You know more or less. Cornell was basically driving uh, for what would have been a game tying touchdown. Did you feel like that was the play of the game? That was the one that ended up uh, turning the game in your in your favor. Yeah, it, it, we we give a game changer award every week just to to whatever we feel like turn the tide, and we gave it to Ryland. We also gave it to Carter Bradley, who um, a couple of the defensive possession before Coronado was actually first and goal at about the five yard line, and uh, with the game tied up, so Coronado's about to take the lead with about ten minutes left, and Carter Bradley got an interception. On the three-yard line, uh, offense went 97 yards and scored, and then Ryland had to pick six. So we gave both of them the game changer. They were both those turnovers were just a difference in the game. Um, those two kids, you know, if you look at them uh, uh, next to some other guys, they they're not the most intimidating and imposing guys, but they're both just football players. They're around the ball all the time and, and making good things happen most of the time. Uh, you guys uh, offensively. Obviously, you guys were, were able to really run the ball well. The we, we knew that this was going to be a team that that ran the ball, uh, and and mm-hmm. through two games, seems like uh, going to plan. Nehemiah Martinez and, and Isaiah Johnson have been have been fantastic. I'm interested, you know, from your perspective. Uh, I think there are some some guys who uh, who who want to be the guy. You have uh-huh. two guys who are capable of being the guy, but it seems like you know early early returns are that they have they they both understand their roles how do you balance the idea of having these two outstanding running backs yeah that that's a tough part and i I think the biggest deal on our end of it is just making sure we've got ways to get them on the field at the same time um and then i think the touches kind of work themselves out you know in the first half nehemiah carried it a little bit more he was a little banged up going in his foot was kind of hurting so we got him some touches early and then as the game went on, Isaiah got more, but I think those guys, their attitude's good, and they, you know, there might be something deep down that if they're not getting enough touches or, you know, kind of frustrated, they, they don't show that. They're team guys, um, and I think most of all, they're winners, and, and so they they really don't care what goes on as long as we're winning football games, and, um, you know, I think all that stuff kind of works itself out, but on our coaching staff-wise, we just have to do a good job of getting them on the field at the same time, and then we think the touches kind of work themselves out, if that makes sense. We're talking with Chip Darden, the head coach of the Lubbock Cooper Pirates here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation, hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, I, I think we should probably address the fact that uh, you're new here, kind of. Uh, yes, <laughs> you're the new head coach there. This is your first. Uh, you are two and zero as as a head coach, so uh, no pressure. But uh, you uh, you you take over for for Coach Catwinkle who moves into the AD role. You get promoted from the offensive coordinator position. I'm interested in what the uh, what has the transition been like for you as far as uh, you're obviously familiar with this program. You're familiar with the guys, but but moving to the big chair. What's that been like for you? Yeah, the, I think you know this is my 11th year on staff out here, so. The transition as far as the kids go has been really smooth and, and I've said it over and over, but kids are resilient. They, uh, they just want to play ball. So I think once they, um, once we just kind of got rolling, they, there wasn't any transition problems as far as that goes on our, on my end of it. You know, uh, you probably know Greg that I, I'm answering a few more emails and a few more texts <laughs> and this and that, but, um, it, it's good. I think, I think, uh, the biggest deal is that we've got a great staff in place. You know, that was kind of the first part of the transition was making sure had a little bit of turnover, but not, not as much as you would anticipate in a coaching change. And so getting the guys in place that are all on board with the same vision and the same goals, I think has just helped 
all the transition mine and, and the kids so not a whole lot's changed i think if somebody were to to go to a game last year and this year it, you know you might not be able to see some of the subtle differences that we've got going on some of them are internal you know stuff that we're doing a little bit different but you know i think you know to most people it'll look very similar we're doing a lot of the same stuff and um our kids have just responded really well you guys are two and oh on to the next one and it's a uh, another another program that i know that folks out there are pretty familiar with wolfworth friendship um you know uh-huh. they get a big win in week one this is a, a program that i know struggled last year but seems to be uh on the good foot and trending in the right way uh i don't want to ask you to give away your game plan for friday night but uh uh-huh. when you're looking at what you're up against uh with, with the tigers what are you seeing yeah, the the first thing you notice is they're really well coached, and they have been. Um, they've struggled the last couple of years, but you just saw steady improvement on film. Um, to me, that's a good a sign of coaching, a sign of kids accepting coaching. Um, Coach Roboto is their defensive coordinator. He's been in the college ranks. He just that guy knows defense in and out. And then Coach Northcutt with what he's doing offensively is really good. Um, the, the biggest thing you notice with them is their quarterback. You know, they got the the Donovan Smith kid that, that moved in from Vegas. Uh, he is just a plus athlete, you know, and, and a really good, he throws the ball really well too. I mean, Texas tech offered him scholarship. They, they know their quarterbacks pretty well. So he's the real deal. But I think what's, what a lot of people don't know about them, they run the wide open spread stuff, but they run the ball. Um, and you know, they're, they're about 60% run from what we've seen. They were on us last year too. And, um, so you, that makes it tough. You know, there's some teams that are really one dimensional. You, you uh, can game plan around that, but these guys are, are not one dimensional at all. And then defensively, um, the thing that we've noticed on films, how hard they play. And, you know, to me, that's the, the ultimate testament to a coach is when the kids play really hard. Uh, so we know it's a challenge and, and, you know, the emotional game of Coronado, it's the same thing this week. So getting our kids back up and, and having these emotional games back-to-back is tough, but hopefully our kids are up for the challenge. And um, To me, it's why you play ball. To me, this is it, and you get to get to go in, in these rivalry games. This is what it's all about. Uh, and finally, you know, not to look too far ahead, but uh, at some point, District 3, 5A, Division 2, uh, you know, play will roll around, and uh-huh. uh, it is a minefield. It, it sure seems like every single week, you know, even the teams that are struggling right now, I take a team like Abilene Coop or Abilene Wiley rather. Abilene Wiley is, you know, I know they're they're on the they're they're not trending in the right way, but they've got an all time great coach in Hugh Sandifer yeah. up there. Uh, yep. You know, from your perspective, when you take a look at what you're going to end up being up against in this district play, uh, how do you how do you see it? Well, you know, Wichita Falls Rider, uh, they knocked us out last year. We we got them in district over at our place. We got to go over there this year. Um, and they get, they were sophomore heavy last year. So a lot of kids that played a lot of varsity football last year and, you know, knocked us out in the, in the fourth round of the playoffs. So, you know, they, they, they know, they know how to win. Um, they're, they're just really talented too. So we know that that, you know, it goes through them. They're going to be tough to, for anybody to beat. But then just like you said, Abilene Wiley, Plainview, Canyon Randall, those are teams that are, just have a lot of tradition. Um, and, and tr- there's something to be said for that. When, when you've got tradition like that, the kids know how to win. And even if they have a tough year, it's usually, they usually don't have back to back tough years. So those, we know those programs, there's no easy wins. There's no, you know, there's none that you can circle. Okay. We can rest guys here, this and that. Every game is, is a challenge. Um, 
all those coaches are, you know, you mentioned Coach Sandifer, but all those coaches at those schools are just well respected, and and they know they know how to get kids to do right. They know how to get kids to win. So it, it'll be, you know, and I didn't mention Wichita Falls High, but yeah. shoot, they chunk that thing around and score a ton of points, and um, it, it's tough. You know, we we'd like to, we don't want to limp into district for sure. We want to be healthy and at full strength because, um, you know, we want to. A lot of people around here will want to talk about making a run in the playoffs, and that's what I'm telling them. Let's tap the brakes and let's get to the playoffs before we start talking about making a run in it. Uh, and, and finally, you know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, that while you're new, while you may be new, uh, the the Darden name is not uh, not new to uh, to West Texas coaching. Uh, uh-huh. You are, with all due respect, coach. I know two and zero, you know, perfect winning percentage, but uh, you're probably probably in second place uh, as far as coaching <laughs> is concerned to your father, uh, Chuck, who uh, of course a legendary uh, girls basketball coach at, at Shallow Water. Um, I'm I'm just kind of interested. You know, how do you Growing up in a, in a in a household with a with a with a coach who is so good at at motivating kids and getting them to all pull the rope in the same direction, uh, how did that help you uh, to become the coach you are? Yeah, I, you know, Greg, I, I learned or, or knew pretty early on in my life that I wanted to coach. I mean, I've I've looked up to my dad my whole life, and I wanted to be like him. So, you know, I was a field house rat, a gym rat, all that stuff, just around it all the time. And once I figured out pretty early on that I wanted to coach I tried to watch him and tried to tried to see the things that he does and the biggest deal that I took from him is how positive he is he's, he's just a real positive he he kind of taught me early on his his percentages that he made up were were that coaches 90 percent motivation and 10 percent x's and o's so he's all about motivating kids um in a positive way and so I early on took that from him and I still just take advice from him you know I talk to him every day and usually more than once a day and just try to he's always offering advice and i'm always asking and i you know uh, i think that's the only way to to improve is to try to just get better every day try to try to improve your craft so i'm i'm definitely asking him and i you know he's been a a blessing I, i try every day to be like him so hopefully um I mean, I've got a better winning percentage than him right now, I was so I'll just say, hold that over him for as long that, as I can. I guess you should hold that over him for as long as it, <laughs> for as long as it works, Coach. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he is Chip Darden. He's the head coach of the two and Lubbock Cooper Pirates, uh, ranked in Dave Campbell's Texas football the number seven team in five A Division two. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations on the win uh, last week, and uh, best of luck this week. Hi, hey, Greg. Appreciate y'all's coverage of high school sports. Thank uh, you. Absolutely. There he goes, Chip Darden, head coach. Love Cooper Pirates, the second most famous coaching Darden. But his dad's got like 900 wins at Shallow Water. Like it's an impossible bar. Well, he just doesn't have to. If he just doesn't lose, he's fine. If he doesn't lose, then he gets like yeah. if they if they sure you've he, got 900, but you have losses. You know what he's got to do? He's got to get the Thanksgiving undefeated. If he gets the Thanksgiving undefeated, that's the best meal of his see, life. You've, you missed the other part of this too. Is he's a basketball coach? No matter what, he'll always be like, "Yeah, but you've lost way more games than I." Have. Oh yeah. Like oh, that's yeah. you can always hold that over, Dad. Oh, you've lost way more games yeah, than he I could, have. They could finish two and eight. They won't. Love it. No, people no, no. won't finish two and eight. But if they could finish two and eight, and he'd be like, "I only got eight losses, Coach. You could, or Dad, you've probably got like three hundred. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, Chip could coach for another 30, 40 years, and he's probably still not going to have as many losses as Dad. So he's he's already made yeah. it. You know? So we appreciate Chip Darden, the the head coach of the Lubbock Cooper Pirates, hopping on with us. All right, there can't be anything else left. Let's take care of a little bit of business. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, along with Wells Fargo, and in conjunction with the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, 
It's really more like 1248. Uh, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. Voting is at TexasFootball.com on the front page. Voting closes each Friday at noon, and then we announce the winner right here on this very program. The Week 2 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award nominees. Pull up my document. I've got it here somewhere. Bernie Champion quarterback Luke Boyers threw for 202 yards, or I'm sorry, ran for 202 yards and had four touchdowns rushing, and also threw for 233 yards and three touchdowns through the air. Seymour quarterback and safety Nick Slaggle. Yep. 378 yards and three touchdowns passing, 59 yards and a touchdown rushing. He had 225 kickoff return yards, including a touchdown, and he picked off a pass. Sure. And that's that might not be the most impressive storyline. It is a ridiculous week. Yeah, it's a pretty busy week. Yeah. Garrison running back and linebacker Sebastian Porter. I'm just going to go on the record as saying the official player of the 2019 Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. He's <laughs> also the player of the week. Like He'll be nominated like four times. Oh my God. Yeah. 149 yards yeah. and two touchdowns rushing. 20 tackles, a yeah. tackle for loss, a forced fumble, a blocked, pa- a blocked PAT, an interception, and he returned a field goal for a touchdown. Yep. He's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Get, uh, Mount Vernon athlete uh, Cameron Neller, 145 yards, two touchdowns rushing, four catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns receiving, 117 yards, and a touchdown passing. How do you do that? That's unbelievable. Justin Northwest wide receiver Xavion Taylor, 16 catches, yep. 309 yards, and six touchdowns. I told you it's a ridiculous it's week. It's a ridiculous week. Anderson Shiro, running back and cornerback Zacharias Haynes, ran for 400 yards and six touchdowns. He had three pass breakups and four tackles. Port Isabel, running back Brayan Median, 301 yards and two touchdowns rushing and a touchdown receiving. Jacksonville wide receiver and defensive back Chris Carpenter, 13 catches, 275 yards, and two scores, and he had an interception. Miles quarterback Davian Martinez, 287 yards and three touchdowns passing, 191 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Guys, some of the guys who got left off this list have all-world numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Shadow Creek quarterback Kyron Drones, 296 yards and four touchdowns passing and added another 100 yards and two touchdowns rushing. Those are your week three, <laughs> week two rather, ridiculous Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Bernie Champion quarterback Luke Boyers, uh, Seymour quarterback and safety Nick Slagle, uh, Garrison running back linebacker Sebastian Porter, Mount Vernon athlete Cameron Neller. Justin Northwest, wide receiver Xavion Taylor, Anderson Shira, running back and cornerback quarter, uh, Zacharias Haynes, Port Isabel, running back Brayan Median, Jacksonville, wide receiver and defensive back Chris Carpenter, Miles, quarterback Davian Martinez, and Shadow Creek, quarterback Kyron Drones. Vote early, vote off, and vote now at TexasFootball.com. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in partnership with Visit Fort Worth is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week two, Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week. And 6A, Rodney Williams from Converse Judson. Williams is the interim head coach at Judson for the 2019 season, doing all he can to secure the job permanently. The Rockets flying high with a 2-0 start after a dominant 52-14 win over rival San Antonio Wagner in the Hammer Bowl. 
In 5A, Chad Dunham from Amarillo. After disappointing week one loss, most of the most wrote the Sandys off uh, this week as they took on rival Amarillo Tascosa, a semifinalist from a year ago. But Dunham squad didn't get the memo as they uh, as they took down Tascosa 36-33 as Will Maynard hit Peyton Connor with a 21-yard scoring pass with four seconds left to even their record. In 4A, Todd Rogers from Argyle. In a rematch of last year's 4A Division I Region 2 final, Rogers' third-ranked Eagles made a major statement on Friday night going into Willie Williams Stadium and handing top-ranked and defending state champ La Vega a 49-35 defeat, their first home loss since 2014. In 3A, Bo Robinson from Yoakum. This is a young Yoakum squad, but they grew up in a hurry on Friday night uh, as they rolled into the DeWitt County rival Cuero and handed the, de the defending 4A Division II gobbler, uh, champion Gobblers a 40-21 defeat. In 2A, Sean Alvarez from Kennedy. The Lions last won a game on September 9th, 2016. But first-year head coach Sean Alvarez's squad didn't wait much longer as they took down Louise 49-6. Congratulations to Coach Alvarez. And in 1A, Kerry Owens from Robert Lee. Owens stepped in out of an eight-year retirement in the offseason to take over the series, and it's already paying dividends as the Hall of Fame coach led Robert Lee to a 34-20 win over Sydney. So those are your Week 2 Visit Fort Worth Coaches of the Week in 6A, Rodney Williams at Converse Judson, in 5A, Chad Dunham at Amarillo, in 4A, Chad Rogers, or Todd Rogers, not Chad Rogers, he's at Denison, Todd Rogers at Argyle, in 3A, Bo Robinson at Yoakum, in 2A, Sean Alvarez at Kennedy, and in 1A, Kerry Owens from Robert Lee. Congratulations to all the coaches. We salute you. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I have not done enough talking on this show. Would you like to be done? Too bad. You have another segment that you chose to do. This is a feeling out process. This is tea, by the way, but it's cold. It's in my mission. Yeah, it's been sitting there forever. So it's nice and it's great. Thank you for sharing that no one can see listening on the podcast. It's a really good mug. As usual. All right. It's time for our campus crawl. Campus crawl, where we take a look at all 12 FBS teams. How did we determine the, uh, the, the order this week? This is my new bid. Okay. As if, you, if you're unfamiliar, the campus crawl, we are going to mix up the order every week, and we're going to come up with an entirely ridiculous way of sorting them. So this week... And to be clear, this is just your quick little thoughts on yeah. the 12 FBS teams. That's all it is. Correct. And you're just coming up with an order that's random for no reason. That's exactly right. Okay, great. The random order this week? Alphabetical cities. Oh, my Lord. We start with A, Austin, the Texas Longhorns. Uh, we mentioned it in Monday Morning Fallout. There's a I think there's a lot of positives that if you're Texas to draw from this. Uh, they're lost to LSU. They were in it. But much like the A&M game, it, it is not as close as the as the score indicates. That that late score kind of uh, cleared up a lot a lot of things. I thought Sam Ellinger was great. Uh, obviously, uh, I mean he 401 yards. But I think that they really, really, really missed a running game outside of Ellinger. Uh, he ran the ball 19 times. We'd heard I had heard from Craig Way, who had heard from Tim Beck, that they might care. He they might give him 20 20 carries in that game. They they rode Sam Ellinger, but in the end. The undoing was the defense. And uh, now Joe Burrow, it seems like, is a pretty good quarterback. And those receivers are ridiculous. Yeah. Those LSU receivers yeah. are really good. They made it look really easy. But um, in the end, a lack of a running game and the secondary is what ended up costing Texas what would have been a signature win. Um, it's on to the next. They'll be fine. I don't think this necessarily changes anything. We had this pencil in as a loss anyway. But, um, you know, that's it's, it's, it's a missed opportunity in my mind. 
Next up, C, College Station, Texas A&M. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, this is very glass half full, glass half empty, right? Um, on one hand, you go on the road and you uh, – I thought the defense played okay. Yeah. All, all things considered, I thought the defense played okay. They were more or less able to bottle up the running game for the most part, which was a big key in this one. Uh, but the problem is that Trevor Lawrence exists. <laughs> uh, and honestly, even when he wasn't perfect, his receivers made some unbelievable catches. Yes. Yeah. This is – but, you know, if there is a red flag – Kellen Mond was not good in this game. Man, the receivers didn't help him. Kellen Mond was not good in this a lot game. Of drop balls. A lot of injuries too. Yeah. Man, a And M players were dropping like flies. I don't know what the, the, the what the word on Jashan Corbin is, but he uh, there's their leading ru- or their number one rusher, but they've got to make sure he's right. Um, look, again, another game we had pencil in as a loss. I don't think this necessarily changes anything, but I think that again, like I was talking about at the beginning. There's this very, very upper crust of, of teams. It's Clemson, it's Alabama, it's Oklahoma, it's Ohio State, it's Georgia. Um, it's that upper crust, right? And then there's a gap. And I think this would have been a, a moment for either Texas or A&M to, to announce maybe we're entering that upper crust. Uh, it's just gonna, still going to take some time for those two teams. Next up, Dallas, D, SMU. <laughs> How about that? That's exciting. How about that? Uh, yeah, they're really good. Uh, Shane Bouchelle good goes board. off. They run for 201 yards. Xavier Jones goes off for 127 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, James Prochet, breakout party. Um, this was as complete a win for SMU as they have had in the Sunny Dykes era. This is an exceptional, exceptional win for the Ponies. And, by the way, now you're 2-0, and and you start looking at your schedule. Texas State. Should be a win at TCU. Huh? I mean, let's see suddenly, what their quarterback situation looks like. Suddenly, more interesting. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and we've said from the beginning, we've said from the from the jump that we don't think the American Athletic. Well, I think the American Athletic Conference is there for the taking. I'm not saying SMU is going to go win the conference, but I'm saying seven, eight wins, suddenly looking a lot more feasible. Uh, yeah, it definitely looks a lot more possible than it did a few weeks ago. Great balance yeah. of the offense. Really, really. You like think about how slow they started last year and how much better they got with each exactly, week. Right. That's even more encouraging. It, it right? just seems like they have not. They picked up from last last year, which is very encouraging. Yeah. Um, oh, where's my list? <laughs> D. Oh, D. Denton, <laughs> North Texas. <laughs> the other side of the coin. <laughs> um, first of all, I mean, credit. Uh, you got to give credit to SMU because they came out and punched him in the mouth. That's exactly what happened. But Mason Fine was not sharp. Um, he you know he was not sharp. Uh, they did get uh, 164 yards from uh, from Trey Siggers, their running back, but this was a um, this was a, uh, a, a an issue where the defense just did not look good and was giving up big play after big play after big play. Um, if they are going, I mean, unfortunately, last year we kind of talked about with with North Texas the two things that were their undoing: offensive line and defense. Um, offensive line looks like it's okay. They didn't look terrible in that game, but the defense has got to pick it up, especially in the secondary, and that is extremely concerning uh, for North Texas as they drop to one and one on the year. Next up, El Paso E. Isn't this fun? <laughs> so um, stupid. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I right now, I am. Um, Choosing your language carefully? No. <laughs> What's the name of uh, the character? What's the name of the main character, the dad in Arrested Development? Uh, Jason Bateman's character? 
Jason Bateman. That's his name. Jason Bateman. That's, that's I am enough. Jason Bateman yeah. looking at a bag that's marked Dead Bird and yeah. looking at it and go, I don't know what I expected. I don't know what I expected. Yeah. Uh, look, it was ugly. It was ugly. They got dominated by the tech, by the Texas Tech defense. Uh, they only got had 120-something yards of offense. The Nothing worked. Nothing worked. The defense actually wasn't horrifying, but nothing worked. Nope. As we kind of expected. Yep. I mean... I just don't know what I expected. Uh, there's a lot more, a lot more winnable games on the horizon. Nevada, maybe, but this was not a game that they they were going to win, and they did not look good doing it. So, that's El Paso, <laughs> F Fort Worth, uh, TCU didn't play. So there they are. Who they got this week? <sighs> Who does Tech or TCU have this week? Greg Tepper, prepared host. I, I got it. Oh, Greg. Cal? Is that right? I don't know. No, Purdue. They, Purdue. Pr- they go to Purdue. I thought, yeah, Purdue. That's right. That's what they you're, go to you're Purdue. That joke. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, H. Houston and Houston comes before Rice. In we're sorting by the other one. Uh, oh, I see. That's the secondary category. Correct. All right. Sure. Uh, it okay. was. A, it, right. We we thought it was a get right game. It ended up being a get right game. The defense still concerns me a little bit. They were able to throw a fair bit on them, but the running the, the running defense stepped up, and that was good. The secondary is going to be a problem all year long, but the offense got right. Kyle Porter looked great. The running game looked great. Um, this was a get-right game, and and they got right. That's what you needed to see. Uh, I'm, I'm not panicking, but now big game against Washington State. You go win this game, and we all forget about that game against Oklahoma. That's really true. and truly. You go win this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a get-right game for Houston. They got right. H, H, Houston, Rice. Um, not as... Uh, look. <laughs> kind, it's kind of exactly what we thought was going to happen, right? We were concerned that they were playing... That the defense that the defense that we saw against Army in the opener was a defense made for Army. And it was. And they played great. But then they were playing a more spread offense and they got torched for 312 yards uh, by Wake Forest. Uh, I think the defense is going to be a bit of an issue. But you saw a spark offensively. Uh, they they end up going with uh, uh, with Tom Stewart at the quarterback spot, and he was really solid. He was pretty solid. Um, they had a big game from uh, from Austin Trammell. They had a big game from Brad Rosner, who caught six balls for 103 yards. They've still got to find some semblance of a running game. Please, 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 please. They only ran for 67 yards on 37 attempts. Is that bad? That's fee bad, fee <laughs> bad. But look, David's going to be a problem. If they can get an all, if 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 Tom Stewart's the guy, and they can get a running game going, they're going to be in more games. Yeah, I'm not I'm not selling what Rice is doing, and I think that if you're into transitive things, what it, what Army did at Michigan this week is like super encouraging because they scored more than Michigan, or yeah. they, uh, they they held Army to, to Rice, fewer than Michigan, better than did. Michigan, Rice better than Michigan. Yeah, print it. <laughs> um, L Lubbock, <laughs> Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean that was a clinic. That was a clinic. Uh, too early to start the national champ talk. I mean, they're clearly the clearly, best team in the country. Clearly, the best team in the country. Uh, I like that they had, I think, thirteen guys catch a ball, and most importantly, that is the most dominant defensive effort we've seen from a Texas Tech team in ages. That was just a stifling attack. Now it's UTEP. Yep. But that's now two games that Texas Tech's defense has looked really, really solid. It's looked really good. Too soon. Bigger things on the horizon. Yeah. They're no. at Arizona this week. You go do that, that defense on the road at Arizona, we're listening. Yeah. 
we're listening. But so far, so good. It's about everything. Still not going to get carried away. No. So we'd still just be listening. So far, it's everything you can expect from... T- you have heard too many times. Yeah. We have been burned. Torched. S, San Antonio, UTSA. Ugh. Yep. Um, uh, at least the week one was fun. Yeah. Uh, well, remember all those things we were talking about, the offense being back? <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, defense mm, just got got lit up on the ground. 368 yards rushing for yeah. Baylor. Pushed him around. Um, just got shoved around, very clearly overmatched. Yeah. Um, 63-14, they go down. Uh, again, a game we had them pegged to lose, but the style points are not there. And that was, I think, pretty discouraging uh, from UTSA. Uh, bit of a roller coaster ride that we were feeling super good coming out of week one and now ugh, after week two. Yeah. San Marcos, S, Texas State. Oh, uh, they gave you hope for about a half, they didn't they? No, okay. All right. Yeah. I think Gresh Jensen's the guy. Well, yeah. Uh, I, he looked yeah. great. 394 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Uh, threw two bad picks, including a pick six. But they were very good. They still have to run the ball. Can they please run the ball? Oh, my God. Would you like to be the running back, Craig? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I have well. some eligibility left. All right. They threw the ball great. Defense, again, like Ish said, the defense pretty good. Seems like maybe they have a quarterback. If they can find that running game, they're going to be in it. They're going to have games. They yeah. can win. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of encouraging signs from Texas State right now. A lot of encouraging signs. It hasn't manifested itself in a win yet, but I think there's a lot that you can get excited about. They go to SMU. Probably not going to happen this week, <laughs> but a lot of encouraging signs from the Bobcats. Hey, you never know. Maybe a little air raid shootout. And finally, W, Waco, Baylor. Uh, as impressive a team as we saw this week. Plain yep. and simple. Yeah. Uh, they ran for 368 yards and five touchdowns, um, and they spread it around. Tresson Ebner got some big runs. John Lovett was great. Jermichael Hasty was great. Just, I mean, this is this is the offense in its full form. I mean, they had a super sharp um, Charlie Brewer. They did not ask to do a whole lot. Denzel Mims went nuts. Um, it was a great win over a team that they should be better than, and they are. Um, now they go to Rice, and they're going to be three zero, right? I mean, th- things are good. But then the tests begin. We always thought they were going to be 3-0. and So far, the style points are there. If you're into the inside-the-numbers type thing, you feel good about what Baylor's got. Yep. But gotta you know, got to go to work in two weeks whenever you play Iowa State. Maybe. But we're not sure they're any good yet. Actually, wait. So they get a bye week, and then they get Rice, and then they get Iowa State. Yep. So three weeks. Three weeks. But, but still. Yeah, we'll see. But that's that's where you yes. always point on the calendar and go, here's where we'll learn yes. something. Yeah. Uh, and that is your campus crawl that was exciting wasn't it great boy and now for the last time ever with me anyway we go to max thompson for america's second favorite segment final thoughts final thoughts will live on final thoughts are important oh no final thoughts will live on yeah. but i said for the last time with you uh let's see here uh kirk lewis says i watched the newton silsby game on friday newton picked up where they left off last year they they look scary on the defensive side of the ball and can score at will on the offensive side of the ball a three-peat is very possible and the only reason i bring this comment up we get a lot of these this was like a Big, big debate. We've talked about this on the show multiple times. We could not decide whether to put Newton or Canadian first in the magazine. We just could not do it. And I just want to go on the record in my last show in this chair as saying I was one of the people who was like, it's got to be Newton. And now I feel I just I owe Coach Johnston a debt of gratitude for validating my guesswork. 
and making me look the, much smarter than the I big am. thing. The big thing for me about Newton is that they're getting it done with sophomore running backs, DeAnthony Gatson and uh, Trinus Wash. The scary part, right, is like if this whole group of sophomores does all of this again, yeah. then you're starting to look down the barrel of like, oh no, yeah, what if like, they do this like five times? What if they just don't lose anymore? <laughs> Uh, now, Canadian did their part. Yeah. After being a little shaky in week one, they looked great in week two yeah. in their win over Amarillo River Road. And then, I mean, things are... I mean, East Bernard still lurks in Region 4. But Gunner took a loss. Like, three Division 2... I mean, we've we've thought that we're probably careening toward the Newton-Canadian yeah. um, rematch. Surprises surprises wait, I am yes. sure. But, but so far, uh, Newton's looked very good. They have looked very good. Uh, this is a, a sort of appropriate uh, question for our man Jordan. JGA, he says, Tepper, if you have to pick a country in the UEFA European qualifiers who might be similar to QPR in that competition, which would you pick? Is that like Andorra? Mm. Are QPR that bad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or are they it's like... Easy. No, this is easy. No, see, here's... I don't think so, because then I thought like maybe Greece. That's exactly where I was going. But I think Greece is too good compared to QPR. But Greece is, Greece is a team that should be way better. Well, that's that's a fair. Well, I don't know. Greece if that's has true. money. I don't know if that's true. Well, they had money. They had money. They they have also like you. Yeah. <laughs> it it might all be cryptocurrency. They're old. At this point. They're yeah, old. It's not great. Um, it's not great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who um, the right. The problem is okay if you turn the the Premier League into a two league season, right? If if the championship was part of it, so now you suddenly have forty teams playing each other. Then QPR's twenty eighth. Yeah, right. 28, 28 to thirty, right? That's way down the ladder. That might be Andorra, Albania. Yeah, Albania. That's mm, I could I could go with that. I could be on board with Albania. That's mm-hmm. a good black and red look. Mm-hmm. Luton okay. Town Saturday, gonna get it. Oh man, what? Max will give. <laughs> will Max give Tep a Rick Flair chop on the way out? That's from Ruben Rios. I will not, because no. this show must go on, and. Uh, as entertaining as that would be for you guys, I have no interest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You get the final thought, bud. Uh, what is my final thought? Just keep being a part of the show. Uh, remember that you, the uh, the viewers and the listeners, are a huge part of this show. Uh, don't think that anyone here is forgetting about you. Ashley will do a wonderful job of keeping up with you after you give her like two weeks to not have her brain explode. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Board. Just a small thing. Just a small <laughs> thing. I want to be clear. Okay. Let's let's be let's be nice to Ashley the first couple weeks. Yes. Max is used to your nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Oh, she'll you slap people. you down. Don't worry. Yes. She'll take but care of you. Yeah. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. Um, yeah. It's 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 very hard to run the show and be a part of the show. So the next four days, I will be sitting next to her as she attempts to do that. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'm not completely gone. I'll pop my head in or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, remember remember everyone here is a part of this show, that uh, you're all part of, you're all TFTers. I will also say, if you wear a size large, mm-hmm. I have a lot yeah. of Dave Campbell's and, and. Will you stop? And. I'm going to have to deal with this. No, I'm, I got four days. Four I'm days to fine. ship all these out. And I have. Two or three DCTF live shirts. Ooh, that's a including throwback. the DCTF live pullover. So if you wear Damn, a size, I haven't worn that in years. I know I haven't worn mine either. I found it last night when I was digging all this stuff up. So I have. I know our photographers are always asking, "Hey, I really want a Dave Campbell's polo." If you wear a size large, I've got like ten. 12 shirts. I, I can give out your email address now because you're. it's going to yeah, get Yeah, I'm down. actually okay with that. Uh, max.thompson at texasfootball.com. Which you probably could have guessed anyway. You, you've, got, uh, you've got four days to send me. If, you're, if you wear a large and you want dibs, 
we, we can work on that. We'll come up with some system to uh, judiciously give them out. I'll probably have some preferential treatment to some people because what do I care? I'm leaving in four days. Sure. But, uh, yeah, if you wear a men's size large in Nike, we've got stuff. There you go. I think I want Adidas jacket, too. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know. I'm not really a sentimental person. This has been fun. It could be worse. Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I always liked. I always liked in Parks and Rec where whenever he would finish his speech, he'd just say Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. You would make an outstanding brunette, Ron Swanson. <laughs> uh, that's that's it. You guys are awesome. This has been fun. Uh, it's not goodbye. See you later. Uh, and yeah, let's go Renegades. Be XFL fans. Come be Dallas Renegades fans. Tepper already promised they're going to be in the magazine. He promised. It's on the record right now. He did say. I will say this. He did say if, if the Renegades win the championship, a double coverage is not yes. out of the question. Yes, yes. So I'm the holding him is, to that. The problem is, like, you know, I've had this talk. The, the schedule is – You can't preview it. It, it does not work. In it magazine. doesn't work. It doesn't the work. magazine has to be done in May. You don't even know what the roster is going to be the next spring for the team. But a championship double coverage, that's – uh, We can work something out there. Yeah, but where would we get a photo from? Oh, I know a guy who might be in charge of content at the Dallas Renegades. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. For Ishmael Johnson and Max Thompson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. You already missed the opportunity to get it from Max, you big golly. Come on. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.